But uh, it's great to be here. Stronger. I'm feeling stronger today. And uh, you might remember three or four, three weeks ago, it was Father's Day, and uh, one of our elders, he's a younger elder, he, uh, he came and spoke. His name's Phil Beeston. And he came and spoke to us about this topic of stronger, the strength. We said the strength that fathering requires. Do you remember that? And he kind of turned it upside down, did he not? Do you remember that? He turned it upside down. And he said, uh, in fact, I'm weak a lot of the time. It's in, actually in my weakness that my heavenly Father gives me strength. Do you remember that? That's week one of this Stronger series. Week two, um, uh, Minister Emeritus Wayne Kerrison came and spoke to us. Do you remember his topic? His topic was stronger in joy. Stronger in joy. And it wasn't necessarily to do with what uh, circumstances and, uh, coming your way. It was more that the joy of the Lord is my stronger strength. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. So this series is actually being turned upside down. I'm going to be strong in this. No, we're not. We are strong in Him, and He is strong through us. And this series is unfolding uh, in, a, I guess, a supernatural kind of way because my topic this morning is stronger in confidence. Stronger in confidence. And all of us, this particular subject affects all of us bar none. Now, I came up with this particular explanation of what confidence is. Check this out. It says this, confidence is the belief you can do something without worry or fear, a state of being certain. One more time. Confidence is the belief you can do something without worry or fear. It's a state of being certain. Now, in a very negative and critical world, saying that, it's also a beautiful world, isn't it? We live in an incredible world. But in a very negative and critical world, how do you and I, how do we remain positive and confident in the same world? Because let's take this apart, because the reality is all of us are uncertain about something in our lives. It could be your future. It could be uh, that insecurity maybe around others. It could be that lack of confidence in your appearance. Often, those who appear most confident are often the least confident, often most insecure. And so the truth is here today that many of us are not living the life that God created us to live because we don't have confidence. I don't know if you've seen this movie. This movie is called Inside Out. Anyone seen this movie? Yeah? It was released last year from memory. And uh, we had a family, we sometimes have family movie nights together. It was a family, the four of us. And uh, we sit down and we watch a movie like this. And so we did. This is a, a Pixar movie called Inside Out. It's actually set, and it's very creative how this is done. It's set in the mind of this young girl, and her name is Riley where five personified emotions, there they are up there, five personified emotions, their joy, sadness, anger, fear, and disgust, try to lead her throughout her life. Now, let's just press pause there for a moment, because as unusual as that sounds, each one of us have a little bit going on just the same as our friend Riley, do we not? 
And it affects our confidence. It's like this little committee, this confidence committee gathers in our heads and sits around the table. And the first committee member, we'll go to the next slide, the first committee member is past experience. Past experience rears its ugly head and says to us that we've actually tried that. You've actually applied for that job. You did ask her out. You did try going to the gym once, you remember that? And so past experience comes and speaks into our confidence. Second committee member is that of doubt. Doubt. What does doubt say to us, just like our friend Riley? Am I the right person? Can't I? Should I? What if I'm not sure if I could never happen? Can we afford that? It's, I'm not needed. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not the right age. I could never do that. The third committee member that often takes its place is that of insecurity, where we're not good enough. We don't live up to that parent that I should be, my personality, my appearance. No one really cares. And this kind of thinking, by the way, is that internal thinking, internal, this internal committee that can knock our confidence, this negative self-talk. Am I the only one who experiences this, by the way? Oh, cool. Okay. There's a few friends among me. So we've established we've got some internal confidence knockers. There's also external confidence knockers. What are they? For example, criticism. Let's go there. Here we go. Criticism. Here's some. Criticism. Now, there's constructive criticism, and there's also destructive criticism. And words, I'm sure, like me, you've been on the receiving end of those kind of harsh words. People, words can be harsh. And what I've figured out is it's not necessarily what you say, it's how. It's how you say it. Uh, the next, next uh, confidence knocker, external, is that of disappointment. When things don't go as well as you had anticipated. We all have hopes, we all have dreams, we all have desires, and sometimes disappointment can creep in as an external confidence knocker. Then the third one here, where are we? Unresolved conflict. Conflict. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty tough going. Then we've got mistakes. Now you would think with mistakes, the older you get, the less mistakes you, wouldn't, you would make, right? This morning, I was just going through my notes trying to think some of the mistakes that I've made in life, and there have been plenty. So I just bounced with my wife. Not a good idea. <laughs> I said, darling, <laughs> I said, tell me some, some, some mistakes. I'm preaching this morning. I've got this thing called mistakes. I said, tell me. Come on, tell me. She said, well, the first mistake, Steve, is you forget every morning to bring me coffee. Not a good mistake. I said, okay, okay, keep going. Tell me another mis mistake. She said, Steve, just a couple of months ago, you ran in the Launceston 10. I said, yeah, that's right. I said, Steve, you nearly killed yourself. <laughs> it, it was okay. I did, did, I did do a personal best, but I did 47 minutes, by the way. Is that all right? Yeah. But, but, <laughs> well, thank you. Feel free, feel free, feel free. <laughs> it's building my confidence. <laughs> but where I'm coming from, where was I? Um, oh yeah, I nearly killed myself. Um, we'll keep going. <laughs> Mistakes, that, that's enough. I said enough, didn't I? Enough. 
Okay, next one is discouragement. Discouragement, this is a big one, isn't it? You know, this, this, this fictional story of the devil, our spiritual enemy, and he's going broke, and he's selling up, and he's auctioning everything off, and he's got all these tools on display. You name it, they're there. Pride, envy, selfishness, lust, jealousy, they are all there, and they've all got a price tag on each of these tools. And over in the corner, over in the far corner, there's this one tool that's worn out, yet it has the highest price on this particular tool. So somebody asks the devil, they say, well, what's that? The devil replies, well, that's discouragement. The person says, well, why is it so expensive? Because it's my most effective tool. Some of you experience deep discouragement here this morning. And so the truth is, as we talk about this deal of confidence and what it is and where we're going with this, the truth is we all deal with confidence knockers. And this morning we've talked about three kinds of confidence knockers. The first one was internal confidence, external confidence, and our spiritual enemy, the devil, who knocks our confidence. Now, let's just go there just for a moment because if the spiritual enemy can get you to give him your confidence... He can keep you from functioning in your calling. You see, you can have a great confidence. You can have a great calling, in fact, but you can have no confidence in that calling. A believer with no confidence is like a plane without fuel. You have everything you need with no power to get above the circumstances and achieve the calling in your life. Let's just talk about that for a moment. Let's just remain with the thinking thing and the, and the feeling thing just for a moment because you don't have to feel confident to be confident. We talk way too much about what we feel and what we think. Sometimes I don't feel happy. Oh, today I feel happy. Today I feel like staying in bed. Today I feel like getting out of bed. Uh, I, I, today I feel like talking to you. Uh, I, I, I don't feel like talking. We, we, we put a, way too much into what we feel and what we think and not enough about the truth. And what's the truth? The truth actually overrides the facts. The facts might be, yes, somebody did hurt you, but the truth is that God has a good and perfect plan that stands firm forever for you. So the truth is, and it's this. Let's go to the next slide. And it's this. Royalty acts like royalty. <laughs> Think about it. We can go to the next slide, please. The queen. The queen, generally, what you and I observe of the queen is that posture of confidence. The way she sits, the way she talks, the way she lives out how many years she has been overseeing the Commonwealth. Royalty acts like royalty. The queen carries herself with confidence. And whether you know it or not, you are royalty. The Bible teaches us that you and I, we are children of the Most High God and we are no longer slaves to fear. Amen? The world tells us what you need, what you need. And there are so many books out there. What you need is more self-confidence. 
where the Bible would actually teach us the most dangerous thing we can do is to be confident in ourselves. I'm not ashamed of what God has given us and blessed us with. I'm not saying that. But let's start with a really important principle here that we need to embrace before we go any further, and it's this. We don't need self-confidence. What we need is to cultivate God-confidence. Let me say that again. I'm going to open it up, all right? Just hang there. Don't walk out on me yet. We don't need self-confidence. We need to cultivate God-confidence. Hang in there. Where I'm getting this idea from, and there's a big difference. Where I'm getting this idea from was Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. It's actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12, and this is from the message paraphrase, and it says this. Don't be so naive and, what is it? Self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate, what is it? God-confidence, so don't blame, don't point the finger at me, all right? Cultivate God-confidence. And here's why I'm not trying to be self-confident. A couple of things. The first thing is this. My heart is deceitful above all things. My flesh is weak. The Apostle Paul said himself that I have no confidence in the flesh. And my behavior is inconsistent. Steve's life, there you go. <laughs> what I mean by that, I can lose focus. See, the shiny, the bigger, the better. Sometimes I'm in love with God. The next day I'm just going, what, you know? Why I'm not trying to be self-confident is these three things. So to be all that God created me to be, I will not put confidence in myself, but I will go about my daily life to cultivate a God confidence. You know, there's this little letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, and it's called the book of Philippians. And it's, it's, it's uh, a great, it's my favorite book of the Bible, the book of Philippians, four chapters, a beautiful um, letter from an incredible place of trial. And um, this is the verse that I want to take apart just for a moment, if I could. Because Paul is declaring something here in the midst of strife. And I want us to say this all together. Is that okay? Here we go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That was half of us. All again. Here we go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, let's amplify that just for a moment. What is Paul saying? He's saying that I am able. I have the power. I can be effective at all things. What do you think? What, was Paul having a good day? Was his, was his connect group, was his hope connect group growing in an incredible way? Was his ministry just going crazy? Was he selling so many tents? If you think about the context of what Paul is saying here and where he is at, some of us would know maybe where he's at. Where is he at? Where is he? He's in jail. He's in prison. And throughout this book of Philippians, he says four times, I am in chains. He says that four times, but once he says this, I'm in chains, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do, I can do. He has this godly confidence in the midst of strife. His life and ministry was not easy. Yes, he experienced miracles, he experienced transformation, he experienced an encounter with God, yet 
we also know about the Apostle Paul's life, that he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was whipped, and he was stoned, yeah? Yet, his inner script, in and through all of this, his inner script was that I can, I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? We all have an inner script, don't we? We all have an inner script inside of us. Your script, my script, is telling the story of our lives. It's telling us about ourselves. It's telling us about others, about God and about life. And and it's actually shaping who we are and who we are to become. Yet Paul's script, Paul's script was that of godly confidence in the face of opposition. He says, I can. Confidence. Through Christ, dependence. We got it? I can. Confidence. Through Christ, dependence. What did Paul have? He had a God confidence, not a self-confidence. Why? Because he had Christ. He had Jesus as his Lord and his Savior. See, his confidence was not based on the weather. Imagine that if you lived in Tasmania. It wasn't based on the weather. His confidence wasn't based on circumstances or public opinion or how his ministry was actually going. Because his inner script was what? I can. I can do all things. I've got the confidence through Christ, through that dependence on him who gives me strength. I can. I want to ask you this question. If we can bring up the next slide, please. What's the script of your life? Are you saying more I can than I can't? Or I can't, but I can. What's the script of your life? And by the way, this is not just extroverts. You can have a, a quiet inner confidence. It's not about that. You know, as Paul journeyed throughout life, he was ready to train the next generation up, and one of those people that he came across was Timothy. Timothy, a mighty young man. And Paul had to encourage Timothy to rewrite the script of his heart, to not be intimidated, but to develop that confidence that comes by God and by God alone. And he writes to him, and check this out, it says this. For God, Timothy, Paul says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of, say this with me, power. Say this with me, and of love, and of a sound, ooh, that's a biggie. I can. I can't. I can do all things. I can. In faith, speak it out. Speak it out. Encourage yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You see, what happens here when you get this accurate view of who you are in Christ and you get an accurate view of God, it changes your confidence. You see, we often feel like God's love and acceptance is tied to our performance. I did good today, so God's probably going to answer my prayer. He's going to probably love me. I mucked up today. God's going to be disappointed me. He's out to get me. I never, as a father of two awesome children, wake up. Never have I ever woken up thinking, I'm going to get him today. (laughs) I hope I find him doing something wrong. 
That's not the heart of the Father, is it? He's not out to get you. He's out to give you, John 10, 10, to bless you with life and life and all of it. That's the enemy's role, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's our spiritual. Can you believe that? We have a spiritual enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But that's not God's role. You see, when you live from his approval rather than for his approval, it changes your confidence when we get an accurate view of God and his word. So that's Paul, that's Timothy. This is where I really want to take the scriptures apart just at this moment. And it's the, the letter to, uh, of Hebrews, the author who writes here, has this difficult task to strengthen the confidence in a group of Christians who are in crisis. They're trying to get them focused on Christ in their crisis. Have we got it? That's the book of Hebrews. Here it goes. Hebrews chapter 10. Listen carefully and I'm done. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have what? Confidence. Before I go any further, you need to read the first 10 chapters of Hebrews to explain where he's coming from here. But we're in chapter 10. But as I've already explained, he's there encouraging this group of Christians who are in a crisis to get up and start saying, I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's read on. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the what? Full assurance. I can't, I can't, I can't. With the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled, beautiful word, to cleanse us from a guilty what? Say this word with, with a guilty what? I'm going to come back to that. It's very important. Conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly, isn't that a great word? To the hope, door of hope, to the hope we profess for he who promised is what? He is faithful. I can't, can't. He is faithful. When you are faithless, he is what? Faithful. And let us consider how we may what? Spur one another along on toward love and what? Good deeds. Not giving up. Meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing. Remember that. It's another point coming up. By the way, this message is brought to you by the letter C. You'll see in a moment. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Anyone feeling encouraged this morning? Amen. Okay, I'm about to preach. You ready? Who has a mobile phone? Who, is speak yeah, who has a mobile phone? Who is speaking on their phone at the moment? Good, not seeing any hands. Just because you have a mobile phone doesn't mean you are using it. And just because you have confidence doesn't mean you are using it. You see, sometimes we think we need more confidence when all we need to do is use the confidence that has been given to us that we already have. So, Steve, how do we cultivate a God confidence? You are asking excellent questions this morning. All right. How do we cultivate that God confidence? Where does Christian confidence come from? 
And if you're not quite there along the hope pathway with Christianity, hang in there. Let's learn something together. As I said, this message is brought to us by the letter C. And I might even add one or two more C's in here. We'll see what happens. Where does it come from? First of all, we've already talked about Philippians 4.30. It comes from, I can do all things through who gives me strength. That's the first point. I'm done with that. Let's move on. Second point is this. It's through our conscience. You see, it's hard to have full confidence when you have a troubled conscience. Let me just be vulnerable. I'm going to get real vulnerable in a moment before you. It's hard for me to do what I do if my private life isn't matching my public life. I would guess the same is actually for you as well. So, let's have a look. What did it say? Verse 22. If we can go to the next slide, please. Come back to those points. Let us draw near to who? To God. With a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from what? A guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The truth is, and let's get honest here this morning. Let's take those Sunday's masks off. Let's get honest and say, some of us have lost our confidence because we violated our conscience. What do you mean by that, Steve? What I mean by that, let's go a little deeper, is that you are hiding stuff. You are hiding stuff. Maybe that text message. Maybe the computer memory. Maybe that unresolved bitterness and conflict. And you've lost your confidence because you've violated your conscience. The spiritual enemy here is masterful at this. He'll attack your confidence through your conscience. As it mentioned in Scripture, that you've actually maybe stopped going to church because of this. When you needed to be here with us, you're experiencing that guilty conscience. Which brings me to the next point, by the way. Confidence comes by being in community. Once again, let the scripture teach us this morning. Trying to build confidence in the crisis that the Christians were going through at the time. Let's have a read. It says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. Jesus, as was his custom, as was his custom, regularly met in the temple for worship, as was his custom. I'm asking you this morning, is that your custom? Or have you given up meeting, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more, as you see the day approaching? You see, we need people in our lives to look us in the eye, to stir, to spur us on, to correct us, to help us. Because the enemy, our spiritual enemy, wants us isolated. He wants us to have a pity party. He wants us bitter rather than better. And so before we move on to the next point, you have to follow Christ for yourself, but you can't follow Christ by yourself. And here at Door of Hope, as a part of our mission, we say we want to be increasingly Jesus-centered, others-focused. And church, say this with me. Together in community. Say this with me. Together in community. The final one is this. Confidence comes by being consistent. Confidence comes by being consistent. 
See, it's going to take consistency to be in community for my confidence to grow. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, Yeah, blessed are those who are potted in that. No, 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 it doesn't say that. There's a difference between being planted and potted, isn't there? Think about that, gardeners. I'm not a gardener, but I know the difference between being planted and potted. Blessed are those who are planted in the house of God. For they will flourish in the courts of my, my God. Serena Williams. <laughs> Look at that picture. Here she is. You know, she's an incredible tennis player, incredible athlete. And here she is being uh, interviewed many a times. I've seen some of these interviews being led led up to um, some of her grand slams. She gets into the finals quite a bit, and you hear the questions. Well, Serena, how do you deal with pressure leading up to the finals? You know what her answer is? She has a polite kind of way she says. She says, I played a lot of tennis. I played a lot of tennis. That's it. I played a lot of tennis. You know what she's really saying? I've been consistent. I've been consistent. You see, you see someone with godly confidence, they prayed a lot of prayers. You see someone who has a lot of peace in their hearts, they're forgiven a lot of people. You see someone who perseveres through these hard times of life, they've read a lot of Bible verses, played a lot of tennis. Played a lot of tennis. You see, confidence comes from consistency. And that's why we talk to us each, that every day we're encouraging us to be in our daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair. So we keep moving along the hope pathway, that we strengthen that God confidence, not that self-confidence, that God confidence. Hebrews 10.35, I'm finishing up, bring this plane into landing. 10.35 says, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Think about this, take this apart. Suspect the text just for a moment. What's it saying? Some of you have thrown away your confidence. It didn't belong to anyone else, and especially not the spiritual enemy. What's the writer saying? So do not throw away your friend's confidence. No, no, no. What's the writer saying? You see, we blame the spiritual enemy who's taken our confidence. It says, do not throw away your confidence. The author is saying, your confidence is your responsibility. No one has taken it from you. They can't. Nobody can take away from you that was never given to them in the first place. If you have lost your confidence, it's because you have given it away. Hmm. Now, there's good news. The good news is this. If you're the one who's given it away, guess what? You're the one who can take it back. And I'm inviting you this morning to take it back. To take it back. Some of you, take it back. Take back that hope. Take back the family. Take back the calling. Take back the dream. Take back that relationship because your lack of confidence does not have to be the death of your calling. And sometimes it's as simple as remembering that I've made it this far. I've got a little saying in my mind as well. I'm about to get really vulnerable just in a moment. Hang in there. I've got a little saying that I have, and it's not original, but I hold on to it. 
And it's this, that all that I have seen teaches me to trust on for all that I, that we are yet to see. And sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as remembering that I've made it this far. As we come into a time of communion this morning, I want to ask you this question again. Your script may actually need rewriting. Where every day, every day, every, did I say every day? (laughs) Every day, you stand up, you wake up and say, I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because being confident that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter one, verse six. about to step just something personal for me just for a moment if I could I know time's gone and I'm sorry I'll just take the blame right now I want to say a personal thanks to the hope partners of this church for having confidence in me and my family as senior minister of Door of Hope Christian Church for re-electing me and my other three friends uh, a month or so ago. I want you to know that I'm here to serve. But there's a truth you need to know. And it's confession time. Well, Steve, you seem pretty confident most of the time. (laughs) The truth is this, that I always feel inadequate. Always. All the time. I always feel like I'm not giving the church enough. Always. I always feel like I'm not going, I'm not giving my family enough. Always. I always feel unworthy of the love of my wife. Always. I never ever feel good enough to be the pastor of this church, this great church. And I do not deserve it or feel worthy of it. You need to know that. Yet, I am confident. I am confident because I'm not confident in myself. I have a God confidence that is much deeper than that. Even when I am faithless, He is faithful. And so, He sets confidence within the context of a clear conscience, within the context of a strong community, within the context of a commitment to consistency by declaring daily, I can, say it with me, do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say this with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say this with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say this with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One more time, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to the glory of his name and all people say amen amen let me pray let me pray I want to pray for two groups of people hang in there we've still got time and we may have to adjust at the end and I want to pray for two groups of people here this morning there's an opportunity to respond and it's the first group of people I want to pray for as we bow our heads and close our eyes in respect of those who are about to make a change here and the first thing is for those people who are struggling with their God confidence what I mean by that that there's there's only one person who will be ever good enough and his name is Jesus the same Jesus that Heath this morning has declared in a public way There's only one who makes him good enough. There's only one who makes me good enough. 
There's only one person who makes you good enough, that our sin separates us from a holy God. And that's why we don't have confidence in self, that we have confidence in the goodness of God. And by faith, we surrender to him today. And maybe for you, you say this little prayer, Father, would you forgive me of my sins this morning? Would you make me brand new? I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again so I could live for you. I could live forever in eternity. Father, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can follow you the rest of my life because my life from now on is not about self-confidence. My life is not my own. I invite that God confidence in my life right now and I give it to you because you make all things beautiful. So just as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you this morning, would you just quickly raise your hand to heaven? You're declaring this morning your God confidence. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands right across this auditorium responding. I see your hand. God sees your heart. That's the most important thing right now. You are declaring your God confidence in him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's God confidence. The second prayer as we move into a time of communion is if you're in a confidence crisis, what I mean by this is that your confidence has come under attack in some way or another and you haven't been able to step out in life. It's held you back. Whether it's criticism or discouragement or something in your thinking, you relate with Riley, something in your thinking. But just like Paul who was in chains and had his limitations, Father, I pray that you would grant each person, if that's you, if that's you, while all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, if that's you, you're in a confidence crisis at the moment, just quickly raise your hand to heaven, not to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to pray for you. I want to include you in this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to pray for you. Those people who've just raised their hands, I want to pray for you. And the prayer would go like this, that Paul, here he is in change, he's in crisis, he's with his limitations, but he has Jesus. Because he says, I can. And I pray, Father, for these people who've raised their hands this morning, that you would grant them godly confidence to say, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. May each person who has just raised their hands see themselves the way you see them, that you would grant each of us, Father, confidence in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our relationships, and here in the church as well. Help us cultivate an unshakable confidence in Christ and help us do this together in community, that each of us would be confident that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. And now time.